Welcome to 31 Days of Worldview Wisdom, a Disciple Nations Alliance podcast with Arturo Cuba. Arturo is among the earliest and most influential trainers of the Disciple Nations Alliance. In this audio series, he shares his highly practical teachings and examples of transformation. In this 13th episode, he talks about the meaning of the word redemption, because that's what Jesus wants to give us. He explains the wideness of this redemption. And the first thing we have to say is that we men and women, human beings, we are moral creatures. Moral creatures. It means God created the universe. It's a physical universe. He put a lot of things there. But when he thought about us, because he made the universe for us, he made things in such a way that they that the the universe becomes a moral order. What do I mean with that? What I mean is that everything you will get in life will come through your decisions. Everything you do, good or bad, will come through your decisions. So just, it's not that life is just that way. You made it, honestly. You made it. You probably don't know, but it's... So man has to always think about which way I'll go. He has to take the, make decisions. From the beginning in Genesis, we see that God created man and planted a garden, and man was working. He was very busy and said, look, come for a minute. I want to show you something. Make your choice, this tree or that tree. I don't know, God. They, they look very nice. Okay, I'll give you an idea. If you eat this one, you die. If you eat, eat this one, you won't. So I know you will have to make a choice, but please don't make a mistake. Men always make choices, every time, consciously or subconsciously, okay? All the time. So you, you cannot escape from that. So it is very important that you watch your worldview. You watch other people's worldview because we are going to make decisions and decisions will produce consequences. And those decisions will lead us to understand that decisions based on truth will produce life. And decisions based on lies will produce death. I want to make something clear. When I say life, I want you to understand that God made the universe and made us to enjoy biblical prosperity. But please understand this very well. And when I say biblical prosperity, I'm not saying money. That's at the bottom of the list. I'm not saying money. It's, it's not the prosperity gospel. God has designed life so you to enjoy it in many ways. The full enjoyment of life is his purpose. And money will probably have to do with it in certain levels. And, but it's not directly that greatest good of, of this thing. So... It's important to think this. The normal state of life is biblical prosperity. God wants that for us. That's a theological certainty. You cannot say, oh, maybe God doesn't want me to have this or to do that. No, that's a wrong thinking. God always wants that. Biblical prosperity. This is a mathematical thing, an equation, very important. You have to bear this in mind all the time. So you have a place to aim, biblical prosperity. 
Biblical prosperity is not even personal prosperity, social prosperity. Maybe you will work hard for biblical prosperity and don't make, and don't make much money, but you have enriched many other people. So when we say truth produce life, we mean that. We mean life as education for girls and boys of all colors. Imagine a world where everybody gets the best education. It would be wonderful. Imagine people getting great families, all of them. Imagine people producing jobs, working hard, enjoying life in all forms, art, in all kind of things, in all ways, practical ways. Every time in Latin America, we tend to be very subjective in this. When I say, what do you think it means that truth produced uh, life? I think that there will be a lot of love. Yeah, that's okay. Love is fine, but tell me something I can eat. (laughs) Something like that. I don't know why when we think about the spiritual things, we just go straight. But God made this life, this one, so you can enjoy it. I like when I read in the Bible when the Jewish people say, my table is full of food, my cup is overflowing. My children are like those branches of the tree that goes through the window. So he likes to have children. He likes to have his wife, to enjoy life, to eat a lot, to have a lot of things. Then God loves me. It's not that mentality of poverty. It's not that. So if you want those products of life, then you have to watch for truth. That's very important how you can assemble that in your worldview, in other people's worldview. But history can show us in any country where Christianity, especially Reformed Christianity, arrived and was embraced as a religion, those societies flourished. Maybe not perfect, but you cannot compare Germany with Paraguay, or you cannot compare United States with China. There is prosperity. And whatever prosperity was produced, Christianity had to do with it. And let me tell you this. When men disobeyed, God cursed creation. And he said, if you eat this fruit, you will die. Now, we don't understand very well what will happen. But when God said, he, he meant it. And the next thing we read in the Bible, it happened in the third chapter. And when we get to the sixth chapter, you see that, All humanity got corrupted. Everyone. What happens when you buy a piece of meat? Let's say a chicken. I like chicken. You come from the market. You take it out of the fridge. The chicken is there. You put it on the table. Then the phone rings and they call you for an emergency. And you rush to the airport and leave. And you forget the chicken on the table. And you will get back in a month. What will you find? That the chicken got corrupted. That's exactly what is supposed to happen with humanity. It got corrupted in a process that cannot be stopped. When he said, you'll die, that's it. He will get corrupted until he's completely destroyed. So life is not possible. Biblical prosperity is not possible. So instead of saying, for instance, transformation, because... 
this is a workshop of transformation. Imagine the chicken, you know, it's stinky, you don't know what to do, but somebody tells you, oh, I have a, the recipe to change it. You can have a nice dinner tonight. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> what could I do? Do this and that, and you have a, something, a substance that you pour on the chicken, and miraculously, it becomes fresh. You even poured uh, out too much, and there are feathers, and, and it wants to walk. But it is interesting that that's the story of the Bible. Brothers and sisters, you are not supposed to be sitting in those tables. You are not supposed to be people thinking about helping others, worshiping a God. That is called not transformation. That is called redemption. We have to understand the meaning of that word. That's what we want to bring to others, redemption. God is going to bring you from the death to be alive. When Jesus said, I came for you to have, to have life abundantly, he didn't mean that to help you a little bit more, to give you a little bit more things. No, it's to bring you from the death to the living state of life, yeah. biblical prosperity. That's what he said. In fact, we sometimes think that he, it was good news. He's going to give me a little bit more things. That's not true. He was going to change the, the story. But he uses truth. Now we have a, a great relationship with the Lord. We can pray. We can fast. We can get together. We can ask the Lord for grace. And he will pour that substance, pour out that substance that will make us more alive, will change our minds, will give us grace to change machismo, discrimination, everything. He will allow us to be much more powerful. And then he will lead us to help others. It's important to happen. Otherwise, we can not just go. Things won't work. So redemption is what we should understand how to get to biblical prosperity. We want others to be happier. But we need redemption in ourselves first. Redemption is an authoritative decision of God. So God said, you will die. So even when you are dead, supernaturally he acts and brings you to life it's like resurrection you cannot improve life because it cannot be improved we are supposed to be in another in a different condition but the reason we are here in a some way of prosperity is because the grace of god redemptive grace of god that worked probably in the past we are our parents or grandparents and we are still enjoying the fruits but don't make a mistake. Don't think that it's just something that with money and ideas and good projects, you can make it improve. It, it, you can't. You have always to think that there are some roots on this, and it, it leads to truth. And the moment this country abandons God's truth, it will be like the chicken. It's just a matter of time that you will see how corruption devours everyone. This is an important paradigm because we mostly underestimate the thing we are doing. We, we think it's just money. We need a, a, someone, a fundraiser, and someone who can give us a little hand. We can manage it. No, you can. You need the grace of God because it's a redemptive process. It starts always with the Lord, working first in me, with truth in me. And if he says that I am faithful, he will extend this further and further. It is very important. 
So it's a paradigm. Don't trust your organization, don't trust your funds, don't trust those things. Those things won't change anything. There are very good ideas. I, I always hear very good ideas. Look, if we get some money, we can do this. Yeah, that's fine. But those things don't produce redemption. When you lead with injustice, when you lead with corruption, when you lead with poverty, when you lead with those things, you need to understand how redemption works. And it's a biblical word. You have to study it and to understand how God uses it. He paid a high price for that. Thank you for listening. Here is a question you might want to ponder. Is your view of Christ's redemption limited to forgiveness of sin and a restored vertical relationship with God and heaven after you die? According to Arturo, what is the wider redemption that God wants to bring to your life and the lives of others? Thank you again for listening. In the next episode, Arturo will share from his own experience about the important responsibility of the parent to shape their child's worldview.